warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Motion Picture Massacre is dedicated to exploitation, cult, grindhouse, and horror films from the last 7,500 fucking years. I don't fucking know. It's everything. If you're interested in that, check out motionpicturemassacre.com or if you're on iTunes, search Motion Picture Massacre and you'll find it. This has been your announcer, Cowardly Fuck Your Bags, signing off. Eat a dick. The Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. It's made with bits of real panther, so you know it's good. It's quite pungent. Oh yeah. everybody welcome to episode 102 of the bone bat show this is steve and this is gordon how's it going man oh man i i'm a wreck i had the most horrible thing happen what happened i was admittedly i was not paying attention i should have been paying attention i was looking down at my ipod trying to select the appropriate tune for the moment and uh, I wasn't looking where I was going. I, I totally crashed. Oh, my God. Are you all right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course I'm all right. I, mean, God, it was, I, sh- I crashed a shopping cart. <laughs> but it was terrible because my favorite grocery store, the Nugget, they just had this big display of cupcakes and muffins for some reason, right? Where... People want to push their shopping carts when they're looking down at selecting what tune they want to listen to. <laughs> and it's got all these plastic clamshell boxes of fresh baked cupcakes and fresh baked muffins, those real crinkly plastic box things. Uh-huh. Had them stacked tall, wide, and deep. And deep, too? Deep, too, yeah. And I hit the freaking thing, and I sent several boxes tumbling 
And these boxes, when they hit, it's that, that plastic. It's just, you know, primed to open up so you can pop it open. So these, these plastic boxes just burst and started spewing forth muffins and cupcakes. And and it was like right next to the express checkout line. And there were people in line. And they were laughing. And there were cupcakes. It was, oh, I shouldn't go out in public. No, you shouldn't. And was this the same grocery store where you had a different kind of muffin-related incident a couple of years ago? <laughs> I believe it was. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, maybe you should go to another store. Just say I mean, they're up, they're going to put a like picture of me at the door pretty soon. And like, do not let this man in the store. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Aside from soiling myself in public with cupcakes and muffins. Why do they even have cupcakes and muffins together? They're both bakery items. I get that. They're both the same shape. But really, you don't buy a cupcake when you're thinking muffin. You, know, you don't buy a muffin when you're thinking cupcake. Those no, are I totally think they're different purchases. Yeah, different m- muffin for me is morning thing. Morning muffin. That's right. That's why there's the saying morning muffin. Cupcake is an evening thing. Yeah, or even an afternoon thing. Maybe, but certainly in the dessert sort of an arena. Yeah. Not really yeah. breakfast with coffee, although I have had leftover cupcakes for breakfast, but that's not like a go-to. That's more of a special occasion type of thing. Yeah, it, it's a leftover cupcake. Your cupcakes, they, they do not belong with the bagels, with the muffins, with the croissant. <laughs> with your oh, Danish. No, a Danish, absolutely not. Now, a Danish would make a tasty dessert, but you never eat one for dessert. Right. It's crazy talk. Well, yeah, I, I think you should avoid that market from now on. You should go. I'm going to try to at least avoid that particular part of the market. Because that's just not working out for you. No, it's not. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the music we've got going on this episode. Now, we mentioned last time that uh, we were going to be featuring some brand new Nerdcore rap from Nerdcore Now's Vocalist Producer Challenge number 2. And that's what you are hearing this episode. Kicking things off, we had Monstrous Mash by Cordless and Mozart Von Robot. Additionally, in a little bit, we've got an interview with Cloffin Pop, who we've had on the show before. Uh, He's kind of the mastermind behind the whole project, so he gave us the inside scoop on how it came about, uh, some of the surprises, some of the favorites, and we're going to be playing a ton of new music. And what's cool about this project is... Over the last five months, the Nerdcore Now community has essentially released 160 brand new free tracks to the listening public. That's like a lot of free tracks. A dozen albums worth of music for free. I mean, how cool is that? That you have so much creativity going on at once for your listening benefit. Pretty damn cool. So all for you. I'm absolutely glad that uh, we're going to have an opportunity to share that with you. The show. Why'd your voice go up so hot? Share that with you, this show. I don't know. It does that sometimes. I think it's puberty. No, it's about time to say. Yeah, it pisses me off. Speaking of which. Yeah. Let's talk about what pisses us off. You, you know, I understand you have a lot. I've got you. a lot that pisses me off. I bought the new Doft Punk album. Yeah. I put it into my... No, nah, put it into my computer. Uploaded yeah. it to iTunes. Wanna go, yeah. I want to go listen to it while I'm making dinner. I sure. put it in, turn on the album, there's three fucking songs. What? Yeah, not the 13 songs that I actually paid for, but only three songs. Do you know why this is? I don't know why this because is. Because every song on the fucking album is Doft Punk and Giorgio Moroder, Doft Punk and Feral. It's all listed oh. separately under whoever the co-artist is. Because you're using an app, you're using iTunes. Damn you, iTunes. So, fucking... 
straighten your shit out. You have the album artist, and then you have the track artist. The track artist can be whatever you want. Album artist should be only the album artist. Fucking get your shit straight. When you submit to iTunes, get your shit straight. So I don't have to go and fucking download your thing and actually go into Get Info in iTunes and edit your tracks to fix them so that they show up right. That is a pain in my ass and it pisses me off. Yeah, you know what's really great is when you spend a long time getting all those tracks together right and then there's an iTunes update and it undoes your work. <sighs> oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so that pisses me off. What else? Oh, we went on a picnic on Father's Day, which was... God, picnics piss me... No, wait. It was what? great of itself. You know, we got super lucky. We were driving around, and we found, like, this little beach on the lake that was, oh, like... Oh, that's the son of a beach. Totally deserted. It was fantastic. And so we had this picnic on our own private little beach. It was cool. Up until the point, some people showed up. Now, you know, I don't mind sharing this little beach with somebody else. We were done with our lunch. It's all good. But we're sitting on this bench... And this dog runs up behind me and spits a ball out by my feet and runs into the water. I don't even mind that it was a dog. But all the way up the trail to this beach, there were signs that said, no dogs off leash, no dogs on the beach between May and October. Like there was at least three or four signs. So for these people to get to this point where they were letting their two dogs, a Doberman Pinscher and a Golden Lab, run crazy bad shit all over this beach... They had to ignore at least three signs. Yeah, why? Why do people think the rules don't apply to them and their particular their own special dogs? We bitched about this before. Oh, I hate that. Man, yes, I know. When you're basically saying, you know what, the rules don't apply to me. I'm better than you. I don't have to obey the rules. And you know, there's a phone number on there to call, and I didn't call the phone number because. You know, what's the result going to be? Somebody's going to get there an hour and a half after they're gone. It would be useless. But just the fact that these people, like, don't have the courtesy or to say to us, hey, do you mind if we let our dog, I know that there's signs, you mind if we let our dogs run and play? Because we would have said, no, that's cool. But to just do it and take it as a God-given right to do what they want, that totally pisses me off. It pisses me off when people do that shit in traffic. Just, ah, I can't stand it when people can't just follow the simple rules. Obey the rules, people. Don't let your dogs run wild. Don't take your dogs or they aren't supposed to be dogs. I was having a, a nice picnic dinner yeah. with my kids, sitting on the grass in a place that says no dogs. And sure enough, people in front of me showed up, laid out a blanket with their dog. Whatever, the dog seems well behaved. But, you know, they're right next to us. And we're eating, the food's out, dog stands up, gives itself a hearty shake, and I just see this cloud of dog fur just waft right over us and into our food. Just yeah. hate that. And I mean, what it comes down to is just don't be a complete tool. Think of other people around you. Be considerate. We don't and, like your dogs as much as you like your dogs. Exactly. There, I'm sure that there is a special ring in hell for people who treat their dogs like humans. And I like dogs. Don't get me wrong. I actually enjoy the animals. But the people that go with them, a lot of times are assholes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You know what else pisses me off? What? I don't drink as much Coke as you do. You are a bona fide Coke fiend. I, I have a Coke problem. But I like a Coke now and again. I like have a Coke with lunch. So, mm -hmm. like, lately I've noticed this trend at stores like Safeway and Kroger and different places like this where... It used to be you could buy like average price four fifty something like that. You could buy a twelve pack of Coke for four fifty. 
Okay. Now you can't do that. They cost like six bucks, seven bucks, but you can buy two of them for eight bucks. So you can get the price if you buy more. I don't want 24 fucking cans of Coke at a time. Oh, Steve. I don't want that much. I don't need that much. I don't need to have that much around. Fuck you. Just sell me your cheap sugar water, which you're already screwing me on. Because it's not even sugar, it's corn syrup. Sell me your cheap-ass corn syrup water with carbonation for a reasonable price, and don't make me pay a bunch extra for it. That pissed me off, too. You know what pissed me off? No, wait, no, let's take a step back. That's cute, because I remember a time when there were two-for-ones. Down here, the store I go to, not the Nugget, because their Coke is always overpriced. They never give you a good deal on Coke there. The other store I go to... It's not a good price if you buy two. You've got to buy four. You've got to buy four 12-packs in order to get the good price. Well, doesn't that piss you off? What do you need four for? That's too much. Yeah, and usually when I'm going to buy something like that, I'm like, it's me. I'm not even pushing a basket or anything. I don't want to carry four 12-packs or three 12-packs. You know what? If I I want four 12-packs, I'll go to Costco and I'll only pay a buck for them. Exactly. I'm the reason I'm shopping your store and paying your overinflated prices is because I don't want that. You are an angry man. Oh, you know what pisses me off? Kids yearbooks. Kids writing in my son's yearbook. Kids are writing hashtag YOLO swagons. What the shit does that even mean? And filthy teenage boys writing the word penis in my daughter's yearbook. Filthy teenage boys piss me off. <laughs> hmm. Well, was it the word or was it a picture? It was the word. Was it in a sentence? Yeah, sometimes and sometimes not. <laughs> you know, Steve. Well, I asked her about it. She said, oh, well, we put our yearbook in the middle of the table, and everybody grabbed a yearbook and wrote a bunch of stuff, so I don't even know who wrote that. Hmm. Yet yeah, I know who wrote the filthy, filthy things in my high school yearbook. You know, you. but that was a two-page paragraph, a salute to all the adventures we had together with some swears in it. I mean, that was actually a thought-out thing. That wasn't just penis written on a page, apropos of nothing. Well, you do host a podcast that has dick jokes galore. I'm sorry. Penises tend <laughs> so, so to saying, to you and yours. So you're saying I need to just walk away from this particular piss-off? Yeah, yeah. All right. Or at least this particular pack of penises. If you're going to call me on this one, I, I guess I'll have to take it. What pisses you off? <laughs> well, you're pissed off enough for both of us. I recently encountered something that, that pisses me off. I ran out of deodorant. I went and bought new deodorant. I'm not particular. I think I got speed stick or something. I don't even know the brand I, I buy. I just tried to buy the, the container that looked like the last container. I got it home, applied it, and then like 12 hours later, I lifted up my arms and, oh my God, what is that? What do I smell? It smells like a cross between insecticide and bad cologne oh, it's the freaking scented deodorant the whole idea behind deodorant is you're not supposed to have an odor don't make a product that's supposed to take away odor and you put odor in it but that was before the invention of axe body spray where the, <laughs> the whole idea of it is it's supposed to basically outstink how you normally stink you know i get that and there's a word for it but <laughs> What word you know is what that? that word is? French. <laughs> hey, French listeners. Yeah, I, I don't get that. I'd prefer not to smell like stuff. I prefer not to smell or just to smell like me. Or maybe if I've gone crazy and actually shaved my face. A little aftershave, but I don't, I don't need everything else. I don't need my soap scented. I don't need my deodorant odored. 
I do not need my dryer sheet scented. Enough of that. Stop scenting me. Indeed. Here's the other thing that pisses me off. Okay. I was at a party. I was at a party that, frankly, I was a guest of someone who was invited and really way, way above my pay grade, this party. But there were bands and stuff going on, and it was all fun. And like you didn't know who the bands were performing, but there was supposed to be somebody in the first band came out and it was some chirpy 30 year old woman that was trying to look 13 and she did her thing and whatever and then let me guess she came up to you and said hey would you like to buy my cd and you said i'm sorry i don't have ears <laughs> i would have i would have said sorry i'm deaf but then sure enough someone would have seen me read my lips and it would have been chaos so whatever then there was a cover band and they were fun they were a fun cover band and then, of all people, the next band uh, is uh, Pitbull, who <laughs> I know is supposed to be big because I've seen him on a commercial during football games. He's some sort of Latino rapper who does Bud Light commercials, right? That's right. Yeah, him. And he was so terrible that he was great because he doesn't really rap or anything. He basically plays other people's music and does pelvic thrusts. And, 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 like, tries to pump the crowd up, right? And Yeah, he's just essentially a crowd pumper up. He's like a hype man is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> but no kidding, he actually played. He'll do things like play You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party, just that one little bit of Beastie Boys. He'll play it over and over and over. <laughs> and then people get all happy and bounce around and stuff. But it's like, dude, you're just, you're okay, Pitbull. Whatever. So, <laughs> I think it's pretty hilarious that you were at a Pitbull concert. That's so funny. I wasn't funny. at a Pitbull concert. That was a party, and Pitbull played there. It's like, <laughs> I was there, and Taylor Swift was playing, and it exactly. was great. I loved it. I, okay, so anyway, there was that. And it was it was stupid. It was fun, whatever. Next band comes out, and I don't know who they are, but they're a, a metal band. Okay. And they play like this really ripping sounding metal tune i'm like wow that was that was pretty great and then they play another metal tune damn i'm really enjoying this this is really cool i want to find out who this band is and as i'm having that thought they go into their third song and all of a sudden they just do these flaccid vocal harmonies singing together just that that cloying anthemy crap that makes me want to stab myself in the face with number two pencils (laughs) Freaking listening to Nickelback. <laughs> it's Nickelback, and you know what else? I enjoyed it. I listened to Nickelback, and I enjoyed it. You've been bagging on Nickelback for years on this show. That oh, is God. so funny. They like stealth on you. They did. That just the the feeling of shame. It's like it's like when you wake up and your dog is licking your crotch, and you don't quite push him away immediately. It was that kind of. Thing. <laughs> they essentially lived up to their name. They left a nickel on your back. <laughs> My back, yes. Maybe on my forehead. I don't know. <laughs> well, but I think the only thing that could have been worse is if it would have been Creed. All right. Well, let's let's hose the Nickelback sludge out of this podcast with a little decent music. This is our favorite tune for round one of the Vocalist Producer Challenge Two: "Idle Hands" by Zilla Persona and Dane Saint. Idle hands, trying to jump but I can't clear the span. Pleading guilty when I step on the 
anybody ever a miffed. A prone to promises pervade, delivered straight down the lift. Breaking into tiny pieces, any relational word that you thought we had together while I divvy the dirt. Spin to win, good kinetics here I tend to display. Stacking archives of claims and hopeful aims. Abandoned work delayed, hindered by the block in my path. While I listen to the pros and wish that I could manage half of any corner of a thing I said I'd do in a week. You could say a third rage is past promotional peak. Second time around was due about a year in the past. But connect is almost finished. Still, don't make me laugh. Never you need pee, never CD, never guest appearance by me. Days pass, but a vast majority never rouse my stylings. And the calls from Billy dwindle in my presence and nerd. And I can't help but imagine it'd be different if I put in the work. Too much income, a list of demands. I got an hourglass, fill it up with sand. Breaking promises and all of my plans. How do I redeem these idols? Trying to jump, but I can't clear the span. Pleading guilty when I step up on the But focused on your flaws Look around, dude's got it Makes it look like a breeze Michael Gale sling fire With the greatest of ease But these are just examples Of the greatness that resounds In myself I see potential But destruction abounds And I know it's self-inflicted I'm the root of each disaster Every time I fuck it up You'd think I'd learn it that much faster And I master my craft Instead of bounding around The problem so damn I'm a dullard Cause I charted and graphed But utilized not even a subset Of XP that I gleaned Could've been a contender Rather I'm a league of legends Being that maybe, But I'm young I could swap the song song For another where I motivate much more than my thumbs Want to be an inspiration And descend and achieve I don't want to be stuck forever But I can't seem to leave Too much income A list of demands I got an hourglass Filling up with sand Breaking promises And all of my plans How do I redeem these idols? Trying to jump But I can't clear the span Bleeding guilty When I step up on the stand Can't blame anybody But this man How do I redeem these idols? And though it's easy It's about you that I reach to you for help What did I think would be the end result of this? Sweet procrastination, how could I resist? So pour another glass of wine It just gets older, giving time Income, a list of demands. I got an hourglass filling up with sand. Breaking promises and all of my plans. How do I redeem these idle hands? Trying to jump, but I can't clear the span. Bleeding guilty when I step up on the stand. Can't blame anybody but this man. How do I redeem these idle Once again, that was Idle Hands from Zilla Persona and Dane Saint, the round one winner from this year's Vocalist Producer Challenge number two, I guess. And joining me now is the mastermind of the whole thing, the Wizard of Knobs himself, Cloffin Pop, Josh Cloffenstein. How you doing, man? Good. It's good to be back on the Bombat Show, man. It's good to have you back, man. Now this, well, thank you. This has just been kind of a huge undertaking. I think we did our first episode in December. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we talked about it was coming and played some of the stuff from the last round. And really, this was a sprawling thing. I mean, we, we tried to do a good job of letting our listeners know when each round was coming up. But essentially, 160 cuts, that's like 
what, a dozen albums worth of brand new material that you've released for free to the listening public. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that's the goal, man. They're, I mean, there are a handful of goals, but not the least of them is to get as much new content out there for people as possible for, you know, free. And so many different styles of music. I mean, granted, you know, a lot of it is kind of falls within the nerdcore rap realm, but any style you can think of was pretty much represented over the course of the challenge. And I was I just... really, really excited about that. That was one thing I was, I mean, I wasn't disappointed about last year, but I would have been more excited if there was kind of more diverse genre representation last year. And we, we got that this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely was. Now, you always take a pretty thoughtful approach to music, as we know here. Uh, how did you get the ideas for, you know, what each round was going to be? How did you approach that? Yeah, so each round for all the VPCs, each round is either the opposite of this or based on something that I see as sort of a, a deficit in, you know, not necessarily all of the nerdcore community music, but something I see recurring, like a lot of people, you know, there's not a lot of this, you know, something the balance you, is kind of weighed in one direction. Something you'd like to see more of. Right. And so one of those was like the first round was sincerity. A lot of people just kind of assume nerdcore is all novelty music because there's such a high percentage of funny stuff or, or goofy or silly topics compared to any other genre. Right. So, you know, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, everything in moderation. And so the first challenge is sincerity. And then, you know, just so it didn't seem like I was like, you know, no one should be having fun in music. You know, second round, opposite of that, let's do, a, you know, a frivolous song, you know, a club banger or a song about food or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What I liked was the approach that you took. Okay, here's the goal. And here are some of the pitfalls you want to avoid. I want a sincere song, but I don't want it to be hackneyed or cloying or too pushy. The notes were pretty well thought out for each round as to what your goal should be and how you should go about it. But within that framework, make it your own. Yeah, and that was a, that was a lesson learned from last year. One of the challenges last year was um, about alliteration and about using uh, specific letter sounds repeated at the beginning or in the middle of words. There were like four alphabet songs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I figured it would probably be a good idea to be like, you know, hey, just a heads up, this being the challenge, unless I say something, like 10 people are going to do this. So <laughs> maybe don't do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a music philosopher that I really, really love, Bob Coughlin who talks about healthy tensions, which is where I got the idea of healthy tension. You know, like a great example of one of the healthy tensions he talked about, the things where you don't want to go all the way to either extreme, but find a healthy balance in the middle. Mm. Like one of the ones that he has is between writing songs that are timely and timeless. Right. And that kind of thing. So I try to find, you know, a healthy tension with each one, you know, with sincerity, you can be sincere, but, you know, be way too cheesy and weird. Or it could be sincere and it's not relatable because you're being sincere about something that no one else knows, you know? Right. And you ended up with a, a nice array of songs that I think were from the heart. And that was pretty cool how that turned out. Absolutely. Some of my favorite tracks are from round one, yeah. Yeah, 53 cuts, I think. So that was a really well-represented round. Yeah, it may just be volume that makes some of my favorites <laughs> from that round. <laughs> I think the first and last were my, were my favorites all over that talking about you know the opposites then in round three 
you had adaptation. So you wanted something that was inspired by another work of music, but maybe not copycat-ish. And then you came back with something as original as you can be. So both using your inspiration as a springboard and then trying to do your own thing completely. Right. And I mean, the the key with all of these challenges, it really kind of came out this year, um, but with last year's as well, is that all of these things usually are, or at least in my opinion, should be things that you're not maybe not necessarily doing to a degree in every song, but you should have as part of what you're creating. You know, no one wants to hear music by someone who takes everything way too seriously, but no one wants to listen to nothing but Weird Al all day. I mean, even Weird Al will slip in, you know, some sincere lines or some thoughtful things every once in a while. And it just makes it that much better. Certainly, yeah, or something that's like politically pointed. <clears throat> right. Yeah, and last year it was all the challenges were based on execution. It was all, you know, rhyme scheme, multi-syllable rhymes, you know, uh, alliteration and all these kind of, you know, how you deliver what you're saying. Whereas this year was all about the inspiration. It's all about the spirit of the song, being sincere, being fun and foolish taking someone else's song and and tweaking it or finding inspiration from somewhere else. So you kind of went from the mechanical to the philosophical. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't want to just kind of have it be VPC part two. I really wanted it to be a different thing. I wanted it to feel like these weren't just leftover challenges from last year. Like this was all its own contained thing that these all go together. And whatever they do next year will be something totally different that the challenges wouldn't really have fit in this year or last year. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that really kept it fresh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And then the final round was kind of an interesting thing. Now, the topic for that was reciprocation. So you wanted to have shout-outs between the group that had been working together for presumably four months. They've been putting their heads together on projects. And so this was an opportunity for them to give each other props. But the other interesting thing is... You had 53 cuts in round one, and you had 18 cuts in round five. So there was a pretty steep level of attrition over the contest. And at the end, you also had the out of, okay, you can work with anybody, which gave some of the people who maybe, you know, had limped through four rounds a chance to work with someone else and still complete the project. Yeah, and the goal of that was to try to get... Well, for one, you know, it's always fun to just, you know, break the rules and be like, you don't have to do your team, you know, right? bring in anyone. And it's always fun to get some, you know, guests and people pull in, you know, their famous friends and stuff. The main reason I did that was to try and get more people in because a lot of people, their producers had dropped off or their MCs had quit. And so it was like, here, you guys can partner up with someone else and come back for this round and still, you know, submit another track and it'll go into compilation maybe or something. Right. But, um... What was interesting was that there was only one track that wasn't the exact same team everyone everyone had done for the whole round, for the whole thing. And it was the one I was played that, guitar Was that on. your cut? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was Death Star with Bill Beats on the beat and me playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I expected everyone to just come out of the word look for it. And I mean, there were more people, but there was only one track that wasn't the exact same thing. So that was kind of weird. Right. But, you know, it's interesting, though, like topic wise. Do you remember that show that Chris Elliott show, Get a Life? I never saw that show, but I'm going to watch it now. Chris Elliott's one of my favorite actors. In the so world. 
the show was all right. It was kind of a standard sitcom, but at the end, they got canceled. And, like, the last four or six episodes are fucking insane because they didn't give a shit anymore, right? They would put any idea in, and that's what round five of VPC2 reminded me of. Because people were like, we're going to do this, the crazy shit. And MC117 comes out with Free Nerd. What the fuck? That blew my mind when that that song was amazing. I mean, there was just some really, really fucking great stuff in round five. And it was because you broke the rules, to your point. That was really cool. Right. Yeah, I was really happy with what happened. Like I said, that was one of my favorite rounds. And let, let's not forget cosplay coming with a full <laughs> melodic song. Like he wrote a song, a ballad. He did not right. rap. A ballad to his producer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who, and, who did play the guitar. Right. On that and you've got Beefy doing ska. That whole round that was, was just, awesome, yeah. it was great. There was a lot of really, really cool shit there that I enjoyed. So I think that the project altogether, as a whole, it just it made for some amazing music. I think so too. Thank you. Oh, I'm absolutely. Glad that uh, it wasn't just me and my rose-colored glasses <laughs> and my own thing. <laughs> so now, just off the top of my head, I mean, we blow Death Star around here far too often. So everybody knows we like them, and that you know we've played some other folks that are on this comp. But what I was impressed with is people I hadn't heard of who were blowing my mind. Zilla Persona and Dane Saint on Idle Hands. That song is good, and it wasn't the only great song they did. Not by a long shot. If they had stayed in, they would have won. No question. They were only there for three rounds. One more than half. If they were one less, they would have been for less than half the rounds, and they were number 14 out of 53 teams. Yeah, I That's think crazy. The, other, the other one is uh, Basement Show. That That is a great song. Yeah. And I mean, it, all of them. And I know you, we were talking great. earlier today, Explosion yeah. in round three, you love. So there's, there's yeah, that was my favorite. really good stuff there. Another group, Jolimus Prime and Nick the Lamp to God. I'm Black is amazing. Yeah, Jolimus is a great rapper. That guy is really good. He doesn't have a lot of experience writing his own stuff. He does a lot of covers. He actually, I don't know if you knew this, he has done a cover of Fish Rap by Death Stuff. <laughs> no shit, really? Dead serious. Oh. Like doing all of the parts with himself. <laughs> That is great. It's amazing. Interficial. <laughs> but I just, I wasn't familiar with his work at all. And to take like such a brutal stab at racism, it was a great cut. We're going to play that in a little bit. Nice. But I just thought it was it was funny and poignant and all the things a song should be in one. And it wasn't the only great song he did. And the beats yeah, were great, yeah. too. So, you know, I like his stuff. Also, the other pair that I was pretty impressed with was uh, Cordless and Mozart Von Robot. Yeah. That Sar- yeah. Sardoodledum, I thought, in the frivolous round. Now, I think, you know, talking about our favorite rounds, I, I tend to like jokes and silly stuff anyway. And I thought round two was amazing. And Sardoodledum was one of my favorite songs in that round. Yeah, that was a solid one. Um, for, for my money, I think Whitey Cracker took round two. But Cordless brought it, for sure. Cordless just kind of showed up on the forums. It was just a, a, a few weeks before the VPC started. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, I mean, he just blew everyone away. At first, a few people uh, said he, they thought he was just biting a uh, rapper named Wax's style, mm-hmm. um, which he's got a, kind of a similar thing, but I don't think he's taking it from Wax. For me, he reminds me of like a cross between MC Frontalot and MC Gigahertz, uh-huh. like halfway in between perfectly. And I think he's doing what he's doing really well. Well, and his cut Monstrous Mash in round three was also really good. 
Yeah, so, he brought it. There, uh, there wasn't much that he brought in the BPC that I wasn't a fan of. After that, like, what what other surprises did you see? I mean, you were, you're very involved in the project, but what were the things that really made your eyes pop and say, wow, I, I didn't realize that this was in the game? Well, no one knew that Jesse Dangerously and Tribe One were coming. <laughs> That's when, when I got that email, I was like, fuck what? <laughs> <laughs> that, and they brought it, man. They were only here for two rounds, but it was killer. Yeah. And that, that round one track so good oh my god that's that might be my favorite song of the entire competition mm-hmm. and uh having them was just a thrill they're both just so great well you had a lot of pros i mean you got whitey cracker and project zero you got yeah. beefy and beaker so there were people setting a very high bar and yeah. for newcomers like zilla persona and some of these other cats to jump up in that same level that shows something right there yeah uh, Decepticon was in first. I can't remember if they came how many rounds they came back for, but Decepticon's a he's a great producer. He did the beat for the Lake by Whitey Cracker. If you remember that, mm-hmm. he had that eight bit music video by Doctor Octo Rock. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that was uh, that was Decepticon to be. So I was super stoked when he came out. That was way cool. I kind of wanted to also mention a couple other of my favorites. Uh, Gord had mentioned "I'm a Get Drunk" by Heretsu and Benjamin Bear. Yeah, <laughs> and a friend of the show, uh, Sample the Martian, who uh, we reviewed his first album on the show a while back. Insert coin. That was another great cut. Yeah, I don't know where his producer came from. I'd never heard of that guy, but he was bringing some fire. Nicola Lazar Wallum, I guess is his name. But yeah, I hadn't heard of him before either, and uh, that was an impressive cut. I think it's Nikola, like Nikola Tesla, but oh, okay. was, oh I've been saying uh, Nikola Laser Whalen. I think <laughs> I don't know what it is. Could be one. We'll have he's to shout out to him and yeah, find out. But yeah, really good stuff. And I, I dug Sample the Martian's album anyway. So you know, to hear a little more from him, that was cool. Yeah, I got to play with him down in uh, Winter Park, Florida, for a show, and that was cool. Oh, at Nerdpalooza. Uh, it was a. It wasn't a Nerdpalooza. Uh, it was at a show at a place called The Haven. That was fun. It was like MC Lars, Ness T came and performed with me. Uh, that was a crazy show. We didn't have the band, so Reanimator from the Proto Men was on drums, and DJ Robo Rob was on the turntables for that show. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We couldn't say that it was him until the show was over, though, so we made a whole bunch of jokes about it. I was wearing a Proto Men shirt. <laughs> we called it Heisenberg. Oh, Heisenberg from uh, Breaking Bad, of course. Yeah, we were all really into Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's talk a little bit about the winners of the competition then. Yeah. Now, out of, out of 140 tracks, who came out on top, Josh? First place, Lex Lingo, Bill Beats. Nice. Now we, now, we know Bill Beats has chops, especially from the last Death Star album, but where did Lex Lingo come from? Tell us a little bit about him. So Lex Lingo is uh, formerly known as Sketch, formerly of the group The Future. Okay. And he is currently in a group called Overcast with Terry Monstrosity and Kellen Medic, who is in The Future, as well as a brand new dance group that just started releasing tracks with Shubzilla called 9K1. (laughs) So he has about 15 dozen irons in the fire. (laughs) Nice. Well, yeah, it's funny you should mention Shubzilla. Shubzilla is one of Gord's favorite rappers up here. Yeah, and, uh, Shub has got that real cool old school flow that you hardly ever hear a lady bring. And it's really fresh hearing that. 
Yeah, I remember she was on stage with you and Death Star last year, too, here in Seattle. At That's the Black right. Show. That was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, we were still trying to get that released. We did a we got a cover of No Diggity by Blackstreet that we did. It's kind of our the first Emerald Empire cut. <laughs> and to be there live that night and see that, that was awesome. That was so much fun. She went ham, dude. She went off. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was great. And so she and Yuki no Odo took second place. Absolutely. And well deserved too. To have come from where they came from to get that, I mean Yuki is the first to admit that she's still, you know, learning the production game. She's more of a classical musician, really. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really a stretch for her to be doing hip hop. And Shubs, Shubs' first track she ever rapped on was round one of the first VPC. You're kidding me. No, straight up. <laughs> and she's come a long way, baby. <laughs> well, that's, that's great to see, you know, a, a duo that's so new on the scene really make a lot of hay in the competition. Fantastic. Yeah second place nothing to sniff at 53 teams very nice for the record technically i got last place (laughs) there are a bunch of teams that only came in round one Uh and they got like you know 3.9 or something yeah but because of the way the scores work since i featured as a producer as uh, on guitar in one of the tracks i got half of the score of that track so i got like a 3.39 which is less than anyone's round one single score (laughs) (laughs) so that tune was till death correct with mc3po yeah all of death star on that one oh Uh, yeah bill beats on the beat me on the guitar and then cosplay and mc3po wrapping it up well we you know we love those guys as i said so uh, we we don't want to give them too much pub here you know death star (laughs) kicks ass we're big fans yeah they're they're all right (laughs) (laughs) all right man so uh i understand that vpc it's it's come to a close now is there going to be a third i know that you're kind of looking at maybe some new pastures to move on to what are your thoughts for the future of this competition yeah uh, this vpc was sort of my last act as part of the nerdcore now staff and so i'm moving on to other stuff i'm just going to be doing clap and pop stuff i'm still going to be doing a lot of the same kind of things with that, but it's less going to be like, let's have a competition and more like I'm getting a group of producers together mm-hmm. and every couple weeks we're each going to be like, hey, I got this record and here's this sample. All right, so this week, everyone make a beat using nothing but this song as your sample source, mm-hmm. nothing else. And then the next week, you know, I'll come and be like, hey, I got this old drum machine. Here's some sounds from it. Uh, let's everyone make a beat out of it. A lot more informal stuff, but uh, still a lot of kind of stuff like that, you know, kind of iron sharpening iron kind of stuff. Yeah. Spar- sparring, as it were. Almost sounds a little bit like a nerdcore music version of Strip Search. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm almost certain that they're going to be doing a third VPC. I, I can't imagine they won't. Okay. Beaker's already got plans in the works for it. I think Beaker might be having me be uh, one of the judges for it next year. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I won't be running it or writing the challenges or anything. Would that open you up to maybe actually uh, doing a few more cuts, partnering with someone and uh, going that route? Maybe. I don't know if I would participate in it. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff that, thanks to the VPC for the last half of a year, has <laughs> <laughs> kind of been shoved to the back burner. Got so, it. Yeah, I've got about five EPs from different projects in the works that have just been sitting in limbo. Okay, so, uh, well, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Now, uh, you yeah. got a couple of new things. I know that uh, you've worked with MC117, the 
creator of My Bulbasaur, which is a fantastic cut. Uh, his new album is hitting. Uh, you guys are having a record release party on June 29th, correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's at the Lion's Den in Bothell. Uh, it used to be called the Lion's Den, uh, but they don't have any web presence as their new entity, but it's just called the Den Coffee House now. Okay. Um, but the Facebook page still says the Lion's Den, and the address in Google is still the Lion's Den. So if you look that up, L Y O N. Um, but it's right by the post office in Bothell. And we're doing a two hour long set. It's going to be crazy. So we're doing an hour to close out with our hip hop stuff. But the first hour is going to be, uh, we've actually got a band called the Merciful Heavens. And it's sort of a, um, it always feels weird to say this. <laughs> Musically, it's like classic country, kind of bluegrass, country and Western cowboy music kind of stuff. Uh -huh. Thematically, it's, mostly post-apocalyptic sci-fi stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's We've firefly got, music right it's yeah it's it's very very firefly-ish but each one is sort of set in a different universe okay it's kind of like super commuter in the content oh cool uh in fact we're doing some covers for this show because we don't have an hour worth of material yet and we're doing a cover of a super commuter song and we're doing a cover of there's a postal service song called we'll become silhouettes it's all about the apocalypse yeah just a lot of songs about being trapped in a prison on the moon about the world ending in like 50 different ways at the same time another one about the end of the world there's a lot of the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> and the, the first cut ragnarok blues is on mc 117's album rhymes against humanity correct that it is by the way, Rhymes Against Humanity, super jealous I didn't come up with that. <laughs> That's a great title. He's always good about that. He comes up with some really clever shit. He really does. He is one of my favorite writers, man. Definitely he's... a quick-witted gentleman. Yeah. And I'm... it was fun to see live uh, when he played here in Redmond at the Teen Center. That was awesome. Yeah, he is crazy live. He's got a real unique, weird presence that I just love to watch. I'm thrilled to be in a writing partnership with him. It's so cool to, you know, just get together and throw lyrics and chords around and, you know, play off someone like that. <laughs> I've had that in a while. Nice. So uh, what else you got going on then in the near future? Is that your main project or is there anything else in the offing? Um, working on that, kind of slowly waiting for collabs to come in on um, my next few albums. Collabs mainly for, I've got Haiku de Gras coming up. <laughs> Another great title. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, a pun and also an, a reference to, uh, there's a group from San Francisco called the Freestyle Fellowship, who is some of the first underground hip-hop I loved, and they had uh, a whole project called uh, Haiku d'etat. Ah, so nice. it's sort of an allusion to them, kind of an homage. <laughs> but that one's going to have uh, a whole lot of collabs on it that I'm waiting for to come in. And then I've got a couple EPs I'm working on. One EP that will be all collabs with other producers, mm -hmm. none uh, of me. It's going to have some beats from uh, For Beat's Sake, who is an awesome, awesome producer from Atlanta, who's in a crew called Deep Space Five. He works with a guy I really respect called Heath McNeese. And then um, Deform, who is a great, great nerdcore guy who uh, worked a lot with MC Gigahertz before he passed away, mm -hmm. um, as well as uh, Matt Castle, who is a really great producer from uh, Montana, who is, gave me a few beats that I'm excited to use. Very cool. <clears throat> and then I've got an EP I'm working on for sometime within that or after, 
that's going to be all stuff like Prime Obsession. Okay, cool. I love that tune. That's a great tune. Yeah, and it was so much fun to write. It's going to be an EP of nothing but just weirdly formulaically written stuff. And I might not let out of the bag, like right when it gets released, what all the formulas are and see if anyone can figure it out. (laughs) It's all going to be really weird, complicated stuff like Prime Obsession. And I'm going to call that one Crystal Math Lab. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I've always liked the way you perform that one too, because you're like holding up fingers and flipping flip charts. It's just quite yeah, a piece of work. I, I need to bring the flip chart back. Got to get back on again. That was fun to do. It absolutely was. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up back with VPC just a little bit. Uh, we've kind of talked about you know some of my favorites and the stuff that got the highest votes, but before we go, why don't you give us like your three favorite deep cuts? that people might have overlooked from this year's Vocalist Producer Challenge? Okay, so not necessarily what I think were the best, but the things I think people shouldn't miss that they probably did. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sleepers, if you will. Round one, there's a track by a guy named Aiden Phoenix. It was like nothing I've ever heard come out of Nerdcore before. I mean, you could have dropped this on, I was going to say Cube 93, but a lot of people probably don't know what that is. It's the top 40 urban radio station in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a slow jam, real synthy. The guy's singing with auto-tune on the whole time. And it just sounded like it would fit on the radio. You dropped it in the club, it would fit. But the entire time, he's making like ultra Clystron level obscure anime references. <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and he's like talking about being in math class and getting kicked out of class because he's reading manga in his textbook and his teacher caught him. And he's supposed <laughs> to be doing homework. And it was it was really refreshing, and it was a pretty cool track. I liked that one. EXP, that's the name of that track. Okay. Round three, MC-117 and Johnny Nero Action Hero. Yes. Track called Speak So Well. It's a really weird song, and the genius thing about it is that if you don't listen really closely to it, you know, nothing sounds out of the ordinary. Uh-huh. But if you listen to the words, there's a lot of references to different initializations and acronyms all throughout the song. And then at one point, with no warning, MC-117 raps an entire stanza where every subsequent word starts with the next letter of the alphabet. And he just goes A to Z. No way. I didn't notice that. And that's what, why it's so perfect. It doesn't sound out of the ordinary. It doesn't sound forced at all to the point where he's doing that. You wouldn't even notice because it sounds so natural. Oh, well, that's very cool. That blew my mind. And I didn't notice until he showed me. I was like, <laughs> it seems like you're doing something here, but I couldn't quite tell. Yeah. And, and he was like, well, look at this. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, what that's are great. you? <laughs> That was crazy. And then, for my money, one of my favorite tracks of the whole competition, it's up there, top five, no question, was Take You Higher from Rift and Civilian, featuring Geneva, Word Burglar, Sulfur, and Chocules. That's like <laughs> half a backburner. That's quite a lineup, yeah. Yeah, and all oh, that beat. Oh, I'm a sucker for Rhodes piano. Uh-huh. So when he brought that gritty Rhodes sample, just really slow. Oh man, that hit right where 
I want to listen to things. <laughs> oh, that song spoke to me, man, musically. Very cool. I like that one a lot. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for pulling this together. This is just an amazing project, and as a fan of music, I mean, my cup runneth over with this thing, you know. So much great music, and I hope that our listeners take advantage of it. Now, right now, all the cuts are still on Nerdcore Now, correct? Correct. Yeah, if you go to nerdcorenow.com slash BPC for Vocalist Producer Challenge, um, you'll have a toolbar right across the top. It's got round one, round two, round three, round four, round five. Their little drop-down menus. You can go to the tracks for all of those and play them. And um, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be releasing like a, a double compilation, if not more than one, that's got sort of remastered, remixed, touched-up versions of all the different tracks that I guess were picked to be on the compilation. Well, we will be looking forward to that, and we will definitely shout it out here on the Bone Bat Show. We appreciate that, man. All right, well, you know, no Bone Bat Show interview would be complete, Cloth and Pop. Without the question, what is pissing you off these days? The thing that's pissing me off today is that hashtags just went live on Facebook. <laughs> so for those who don't know, on Twitter, there's a thing where if you put a pound sign in front of a word without a space in between it, it acts as sort of like a, a tag. You can click on that and you can see all the tweets that people have made that and included that hashtag, they call it. Anybody on Facebook, because the app's tweet stuff to your Facebook account too, there's right. been all these irrelevant hashtags on Facebook forever. Right. There's no function for them on Facebook. In the meantime, though, it's become sort of a, a cultural thing where people will even say hashtags. There's hashtag rap where people say, you know, our president really sucks. Hoover. Because <laughs> it's a vacuum. And so people have sort of been using them on Facebook and I didn't really mind. But Today, they turned on the functionality on Facebook so that hashtags work the same on Facebook as they do on Twitter. That doesn't bother me. The thing that bothers me, everyone thinks it's the funniest, most original joke ever to just post hashtag, hashtag, or something exactly the same. And it's, <laughs> oh, I work from home when I'm not traveling. I've been home today. Right. And so all day long, I've just been seeing the exact same things that people think are funny, like the same five things over and over <laughs> dozens of times, and that's been pissing me. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that, man. Yeah, and I, I do have one more thing that's, that's been pissing me off. Okay. It's uh, really, I've been seeing it a lot more lately, but it's these ads, usually at the end of an article, like on Cracked or Mental Floss or something, that tries to make you think it's an article, but it's really a sponsored link. And invariably, it says something to the effect of, find out this crazy way to learn how to play guitar that guitar teachers don't want you to know about. Yeah. It's like, do does, do they think anyone is going to click on this? Say, well, that seems legit. I don't see how I can afford to not click on it. Right. What's that one? Oh, <laughs> lose weight using this one crazy trick. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, and we just got rid of our cable, so we're just streaming everything now. Right. And I've been watching a lot of YouTube, and there's so many, like, on the related videos, the first one's always sponsored. And, like, half the time, <laughs> <laughs> it's something like, check out this crazy way to do this something thing that someone doesn't want you to know about. Right, yeah. That's so annoying. That's what pissing me off. Yeah, it's always like <laughs> the late news teaser, right? 
Yes, yes. So the popcorn you're eating has been pissed in. Film at 11. Yeah. Or um, is an everyday grocery store item poisoning your children? Find out at 10. Yeah. We, t- we talked about this one before when I was living in Michigan. This was my favorite one ever. Yeah. Drunk drivers. They're drunker than ever. And they're out to get you. Film at 11. <laughs> and, you know, the news piece was like, this year the people are blowing point whatever percentage higher than the drunk drivers last year. But they're drunker than ever was like just a, the greatest catch line ever. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, the sensationalism of news has not been pissing me off so much because not having broadcast television anymore – I pretty much just listen to NPR and read articles, so it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a much more sober way to get your information, definitely. Yes, no uh, Storm Tracker 2013. <laughs> right. It's going to rain. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us about the challenge. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely do it again. All right. Why don't you introduce our next track here? Now, you mentioned this one already. This was my favorite, and it was the winner of round two. Yeah. This is Pinot Noir Superstar by Whitey Cracker and Project Zero. Dig it. Cigar. Cigar. 
All right, once again, that was Pinot Noir Superstar by YT Cracker and Project Zero. Our Gotta fa- love Whitey. <laughs> He's awesome, isn't he? You may he remember uh, Whitey joined us on the show in episode 63 of the Bone Bad Show, so you can always go back and check that one out in the archives. Uh, again, that tune can be found on Nerdcore Now's website for the Vocalist Producer Challenge number two from 2013. Who said number two? I did. So uh, just a couple of items for Bone Bat news this week. Oh, okay. We have Bone Bat news. Yeah, on uh, June 25th, uh, Bone Bat show alumni Amana Marth have their new album coming out, Deceiver of the Gods. I've already heard a taste of it. It's pretty damn cool. I don't think you should miss that one. Also, MC117, who is the artist behind the awesome nerdcore cut Bulbasaur, he has a brand new album coming out called Rhymes Against Humanity. Now, the album you can download on Bandcamp now, but they are having a release party on June 29th, as Cloth and Pop mentioned, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, also, you can listen to the cuts, preview them before you buy on Bandcamp, as always, so check those cuts out and, you know, throw MC117 a few bucks. It's some good stuff, and you're supporting another independent musician. Hey, you know what else? What's that? Band we've featured on the show... Band I enjoy, Man or Astro Man, yeah, what's finally going on? has their complete release out. Defcon five four three two one, and you can buy it someplace other than iTunes. So I finally did bought it on Amazon. It's pretty fun. Cool title. Cool title. Cool band. Cool tracks. I strongly recommend you buy everything by Man or Astro Man, including this. Oh, I should also mention uh, director Dustin Wade Mills, who. You remember from Puppet Monster Massacre, which we played at the Bone Bat Film Fest. Uh, he is actually taking pre-orders for his latest movie, The Ballad of Skinless Pete, which I'm pretty sure he mentioned when we interviewed him back in episode 99. You can order that now through uh, Dustin Mills Productions on Facebook. There's a link there to order that film if you are interested, so check that out. Also on Monday, June 24th, Adam Warrock is starting his third annual donation drive, which funds a year of free music and touring and all the good stuff that Adam does. You can check that out at adamwarrock.com. Generally, he really hooks you up if you donate to his cause. Usually get a mixtape. This year, there'll be a live concert video, digital comics bundle from a ton of creators, all kinds of good stuff. So definitely a worthwhile thing to help him keep making music. Finally, Central Cinema, who are the hosts of the third Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, has just started a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for a digital upgrade. What does that mean to you? That means more film options for that theater. And this is a theater that really loves showing quirky movies. They really get it, as I mentioned before. It's something that you really want to help out. They have a bunch of different levels of prizes on the Kickstarter, including things like movie passes, popcorn for a year, all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely check that out. There's a Kickstarter link on the Bone Bat homepage. And I think that's about it. All right. More music. More music. Now, round three. This artist just states it like it is and is pretty goddamn funny. This is Jolimus Prime and Nick the Lamb to God on Beats with I'm Black. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Black. 
in and out and disappear. You look around, but you can't see I'm right here. Unless I'm smiling, cause my teeth is like headlights. They smooth as fuck and about half a sprite. Ain't no narco folk bigger or blacker. I ain't the blackest, but I sure ain't no cracker. Ain't the biggest, but I'm always in your sight line. That's why my number one honky be calling me nighttime. I'm black, and I'm poor as hell, man. I recorded this song on two strings and it can't. I might be messy, but I ain't a damn slob. See, I, I got bad credit and I can't get a job. I keep trying, but like, no one's hiring. And the, the few who is, well, they mess firing. Lots of people who do shit for a fee, but not a single one of them is low, low me. I'm black, so give me watermelon. I'm black, fried chicken is heaven. Bitches be drooling all over my chain. I'm black, you know I all go to earth. I'm black, so you know that I'm broke. I'm black, having that job is a joke. Come here, white girl, let me get you a lick. I'm black, so you know I got a big dick. I'm black, so I'm rated for sports. I'm fast and agile and I look good in shorts. I can throw a goal or kick a home run. And when I hit that touchdown, I have all the fun. Pass interference, five minutes. High sticking, that's the end of the inning. Line drive, four or five yard gains. Slam dunk a pop flying to the gutter lane. I'm black. So you know I be stealing, leaving bitch niggas all up in they feelings, stealing they bitches while I'm stealing they whip. See you at the casino, then I'm stealing your chips. I steal so much I even steal for myself. I keep stealing the games up off of my shelf. I steal as surely as the fucking world turns. I steal your shit just to watch your hate burn. I'm black, so give me watermelon. I'm black, fried chicken is heaven. Bitches be drooling all over my chain. I'm black, you know I all go to everything. I'm black. So you know that I'm broke, I'm black, having a job is a joke, come here white girl let me get you a lick, I'm black, so you know I got a big dick, I'm black, you're white, I'm a magical negro, but only when I hang around tons of white people, I know it's a hard time in your life, and I happen to have some bitchin' advice, keep being white, but be nice to colors, ask yourself, so you should treat others, but your squint-eyed neighbor, he's a fucking jackass, so grab your shotgun and shoot his black ass, I'm black. So you know I'm in jail Ain't nobody gonna pay my damn bail Ain't like the movies, they don't rape or kill We just living the good life and you footin' the bill I'm just a niggerly nigga Hanging with my niggas Nigga, nigga, nigga Nigga, 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 nigga A nigga ain't a nigga Let's see nigga, 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 nigga I'm black So you know I'm dead once again, I'm Black by Jolimus Prime and Nick the Lamb to God. Just crushing round three with that cut. Good job, gentlemen. I like that song. Gord, do you have a political rant this week? I do, I do. Let's hear it. Okay, well, here's the thing. I've been seeing a lot of chatter, a lot of posts, a lot of Facebooky type stuff that's against Monsanto. And Monsanto's killing the bees, stop the Monsanto Protection Act, la la la. And I thought I would just try to give some clarity to what's going on because I think a bunch of issues are all getting confused and people need to know what's what. So, Monsanto, gigantic agribusiness seed company. And one of their big old products is they're also the guys that make Roundup, the weed killer. So what they like to do is they like to make crops that uh, are immune to Roundup. And then you, you plant your crops, then you spray your field with Roundup and everything that's not Monsanto dies, and then so there you have your crops, and you don't have your weeds. Ta-da! But they have kind of a sketchy history. The other thing they like to do is they will, uh, they're smart folks. They figured out how to genetically engineer crops to include a bacterial toxin that uh, 
is particularly toxic to caterpillars. And so they've modified seeds to grow these plants that kill the bugs. So you got crops that won't be wiped out by the weed killer, the Monsanto <laughs> cells. Right. And you got crops that won't be eaten by the bugs, which at first blush that sounds good. So what, what's the Monsanto protection? All it was was a rider snuck into a bill that was signed into law, and it expires in just a few months. It's only a six-month-long thing, but really shady. It was put into the bill anonymously. Nobody will claim credit for it. And what it does is it protects Monsanto and other companies like Monsanto, if there are any. It protects them by uh, taking the, the federal courts out of the uh, mix if there's a problem with their products or while they're being uh, tested. So if you're a farmer and you plant some Monsanto seeds and someone says, hey, those seeds you planted, uh, they grow trees that kill people. The trees uproot themselves, run rapid, kill people. So this law says you can't make the farmer pull out the plants and you can't hold Monsanto responsible while they're figuring out just how dangerous these crops are or are not. So that's what it is. It has nothing to do with the bees. It has everything to do with protecting Monsanto while they're product is being reviewed for safety. That's that's what that is. And it's going to expire soon. So shady, not a good deal, but I don't think it's as, as terrible as everybody says. Isn't Monsanto pretty good about protecting themselves anyway? They put genetic markers on their crops and their seeds so that if, say, one farmer, Farmer A, is seeding his field and through, I don't know, nature, some of those seeds blow into Farmer B's yard. If Monsanto checks that crop and finds their genetic markers, they can sue and ruin Farmer B for essentially stealing Monsanto's crops. Uh, yeah. They've got That's all the kinds of wicked shit going on at Monsanto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, Monsanto is big evil company, no doubt about it. One of the things they do, which is particularly heinous, is they'll sell you seeds and you can grow your crops, but if those crops that you grow make any seeds, you can't replant those seeds or Monsanto will come after you. Right, which is what farmers do. Yeah, farmers generally do, as a rule, replant the seeds for a lot of crops. Or just through the matter of harvesting, the seeds fall off and go into the earth, they retill, and the crop grows back the next year. That's right. So let's say you're a farmer and you're growing Monsanto stuff. And for whatever reason, you say, forget it. I'm not growing Monsanto anymore. I'm going to go all organic, or I'm going to buy my seeds from a different seed company. Monsanto will come back, you know, the next year. you got company B's seeds out there growing. You're still going to have some Monsanto seeds in the soil. Yep. They can see you. Patent infringement. Yep. And it's just the kind of thing that just pisses me off to no end. It's like not being able to legally crack your phone. You know, if you sell me a product, I should be able to use it however I want. If I want to buy a seed to grow a tree and then plant the seeds from the fruit of that tree, why is it anybody's business? Yeah, I I don't think that corporations should be in the business of trying to crush their customers. Yeah. Well, and then let's let's finally wind this back around to the bees. So why is everybody upset about the bees in Monsanto? What is Monsanto doing that's killing the bees? Some of their crops have this uh, naturally occurring bacterial toxin that uh, is BT. It stands for stuff I can't pronounce, basilthuringiasis or something. The crops make this stuff naturally, and it kills caterpillars. But it also kills a lot of other stuff. They say that it's uh, 
really uh, detrimental to songbirds. They say it's it's really bad for insects. It doesn't kill bees directly. If you sprayed some on a bee, the bee would fly around and, and do bee stuff. But it will weaken the bee and or disorient the bee. And they think that this is one of the reasons that there's the colony collapse disorder where the bees are dying in droves and they're worried about uh, being able to continue agriculture as we know it, pollinating the fields. Because the European honeybees they use to pollinate the majority of the crops that we enjoy, these things are, are getting knocked off like crazy. And they haven't proven that it's Monsanto and Monsanto's poison that's doing it, but a lot of research is pointing that way. Mm-hmm. Now, if you couple that with something like the Monsanto Protection Act, if they did something like that going forward longer term than six months, then Monsanto would really be in the catbird seat. If you said, whoa, your crops really are killing the bees. Look at all this research we're doing that's showing you're killing the bees. The farmers could continue to plant their crops. They could continue to harvest the crops, continue to sell the crops, and uh, Monsanto would continue to be protected. So uh, that's the thing about the bees. European honeybees in trouble, possibly Monsanto, is responsible. And I think you know what side I come down on this because I am allergic to bees. And not in the anaphylactic shock in a die way, but if I get stung, it hurts a lot and I, I itch a lot. And it's really miserable for anybody that has to be close enough to hear me bitch about it. <laughs> So I was trying to think about this whole bee thing and the whole Monsanto thing and try to figure out what's really going on. And I think what we need to do, because on this show we are thinkers, is we need to follow the trail, follow the money. Who really, Steve, who really has the most to gain from bees? I don't know. Flowers. Flowers do. Okay. Right? All right. And the flower industry. Okay. And who uses a lot of flowers more than anybody else? Florists. Okay. Right? I'm following the trail here. Okay. Where do they use most of their flowers? You go to any florist anywhere in America, where where do most of their flowers get used? Weddings. Exactly. Exactly, Steve. Weddings. And what is going to cause the wedding business to absolutely explode, possibly double in this country? Gay marriage. Exactly. Yep, this is just a part of the homosexual agenda. <laughs> people that are against Monsanto, people that are pro-bees, you're falling into the trap of the homosexual agenda. <laughs> and it's worse than that. There's a few facts about European honeybees that nobody is talking about. And I think it's time to put it out there and really think about what we're trying to protect here. European honeybees are communists. They live in a hive commune together. They work together. They are forced to redistribute the wealth of the hive regardless of how hard any particular bee has worked or, had, or hasn't worked they still have to share that's that's worse than Obamacare right there <laughs> fact every bee commune is ruled by a matriarch dictator who is appointed for life they are not democratic they believe in a monarchy and they're absolute dictators that's not American right there we, we had a revolution to overthrow a monarchy and break off from that. Do we really want European honeybees and their their monarchy here? I don't think so. Fact. Honeybees have clearly defined social classes, zero social mobility. That's not the kind of society I want to live in. Here's another fact. Most honeybees that we use in this country, that have jobs in this country, are from socialist Europe. We have Native American honeybees, American honeybees in this country that cannot find jobs, and yet all the European honeybees are employed. The European honeybees, 
They do not. This is fact. You can look it up on Snopes. European honeybees do not attend church on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. And finally, to wind it all back to the homosexual agenda, I think you should note that the honeybees, they don't believe in traditional marriage. Yeah. You will never see honeybees in a traditional marriage. No. There's, a, there's a matriarch dictator who lives with their living in sin with multiple like sex slave bees. It's un American. Yeah, so it's... Screw you, honeybees. I want to punch honeybees in the face. That's my political rant. That's your modest proposal, eh? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune on that note? This is Lex Lingo and Bill Beats with Catfight. Dive in and get the show rolling like the drive in. Uh, 
declawed So your paws don't scare me And yes I am aware Y'all been trying to impair me Impair me with Bill Beats And now I'm on that mission It ain't even a competition It's more like a cat fight It's more like a cat fight And you ain't act right you ain't act right Run with the big dog Run with the big dog Once again, Lex Lingo and Bill Beats, the winners of this year's Vocalist Producer Challenge with their round four cut, Catfight. Hope you dig it. Dig it. How about a little uh, multimedia triage? Multimedia triage. Sure. All right. What have you been digging on lately? Well, to kind of catch up to the rest of the world, I finally watched Iron Man 3. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. It was all right. It was yeah. probably my least favorite of the Iron Man stuff, but it was all right. Did you, what can you say? Did you like, except for Pepper Potts? More like Pepper Hots. Oh my gosh, <laughs> lady's got some abs. Yeah. Did Did you agree with me that it was kind of like Tony Stark three? There was a big old swath in the middle of that movie with no Iron Man in it. Yeah, and it was a little bit weird. The whole panic attack. Thing while he's thick. It was almost like they wrote the movie where he becomes an alcoholic and went, well, that's way too dark. How about we just give him some minor panic attacks when he thinks about the last Avengers movie? <laughs> Why would he have a panic attack from the last Avengers movie? Do you know the residuals that man got? <laughs> right. What's wrong? <laughs> that's what he's, he's panicking because he doesn't know if the banks can hold all that money. Yeah, he's never seen that many zeros put together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. And then I finally watched uh, Tom Cruise do the movie Jack Reacher. Yeah, what would you think of that? Uh, you know, I think that Tom Cruise is a hell of an actor, and I really look forward to him portraying the lead in the uh, in the Larry Bird story. <laughs> Dude, he can't do Jack Reacher. Yeah, he wasn't Jack He Reacher. couldn't. It was kind of a fun movie, but for Tom... You're no Jack Reacher. But it was, wasn't it still fun hearing him say Jack Reacher's lines? Like, no, Jack Reacher's a badass. I, I like Jack I like that character. And it was still like fun Jack seeing Reacher some a seeing a film realized. But I think it was dog shit at the box office. And as far as I can tell, everybody hated it. So I don't think there's going to be another one with him in it anyway. That's good. Because he he's no more Jack Reacher than he is Larry Bird or Dikimi Mutombo or the other large person. He's just, I managed to make it to the theater last weekend and see This is the End. Was that as funny as it looks? Seth Rogen and James Franco and Jonah Hill and Craig Robinson and a cast of millions. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, I will say this. I thought that the first quarter of the movie, you've seen all the funniest stuff in the Red Band trailer. Hmm. But Danny McBride steals that fucking movie like... I stole your bike. It was great, the stuff he did in it. There are things I've never seen in any other film in that film, and it's wow. worth seeing, and the end is totally fun. So definitely a good time comedy, something you should go out and see. It was very funny. I laughed quite a bit, and uh, I'd say check it out. Yeah, I'll probably wait for it to come out on disc, but I will check it out. 
Yeah, I don't know that you'd miss a lot. I mean, a lot of the effects stuff, the world is destroyed, but it's there's a lot of CGI cheese. This is not Pacific Rim by any stretch of the imagination. I don't G-I. I don't think it would lose a lot on the small screen except for seeing that many celebrities and trying to pick them all out. Because it's a crazy number of stars in that film. But still, yeah, I would say, you know, check it out one way or the other. I uh, recently watched the British monster movie Storage 24. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that. I've been wanting to. How is it? Yeah, it was fun. It's directed by, I don't know, starring a lot of people I've never heard of. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's done in British, but you without subtitles, but still. It was fun. It's a fun monster movie. It's a pretty basic, straightforward. There's a, a plane crash or something, and folks get locked in a 24-hour storage facility with an alien that looks like it was the rejected version of what they used in the Predator movies. <laughs> okay. And it's fun, and it's got a nice little twist to it, and you, I don't know, it's it's not too crazy violent, it's not too terribly stupid, I see you watch it, and I think it's streaming on Netflix, so check it out. Perfect. What's not to like about that? Right. Uh, and then, I've been playing a game, playing a game on my phone, okay. called Song Pop. Have you heard, the, heard of this game? I have not. It's free on the Android, which means it's probably eight bucks on the iPhone. <laughs> right. And... What it is, is uh, you go back and forth with someone and you, you select a genre and it'll play like a snippet of the song. you got to pick which song it is or which artist is singing it. And it's a very easy concept, but the people that I'm playing against guess these songs so fast. It's like you don't even have time to read the whole list of choices before they've already guessed the song half the time. Oh, wow. But it's nice because if you are ever lonely... If you're ever just all alone and feeling like you're craving human contact, you should just pull out this app, and as soon as you hit play on the very first song, immediately one of my kids will show up and start talking to you. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so there's that. Added difficulty right there. Okay. And hey, I started watching documentaries. Okay. And there's this one that I picked out because I thought it was going to be an absolute freak fest. It's called Her Master's Voice, and it's a documentary about a woman who is a ventriloquist. All right. Right at the point where she decides she's going to give up professional ventriloquism, her master, the guy that taught her ventriloquism, he dies and has willed her all of his ventriloquist puppets, including one that is like this giant version of him. (laughs) And she decides... And that's not his main puppet. He's got this other puppet that's his main one. So he, she's going to go to the ventriloquist convention in America and take this puppet to the graveyard, mausoleum, whatever, for bereaved puppets, for puppets that no longer have their masters. And it's an actual freaking place in Tennessee. I mean, does this not sound like the biggest crazed nut fest ever? <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty weird. Uh, I was expecting super weird, and I was super disappointed because it was kind of a, a quiet, sweet little movie, damn it. <laughs> Where's my nut jobs? Yeah, like there were some crazies, but really, it was the most sane ventriloquism experience I've ever experienced. <laughs> and that's not what I'd signed up for, damn it. Speaking of sober, entertaining television, uh, I understand you've been watching Strip Search. 
Yes, I have. That just ended tonight, actually. And, and I'm uh, podcasting instead of watching the final episode, so I, I don't know who won. I already watched it. I know. I won't spoil it. But uh, you. if you're not watching this as a reality show, it's pretty great. And it's free on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, basically a reality show put on by Penny Arcade, Gabe and Tycho, and Robert Koo. Then their staff do a great job of trying to basically find uh, America's next webcomic. And they winnow it down from, what did they start with? 12? Was it 12? Okay. Down to the, they're down to the final three now. And just a really good show. The people are all pleasant. You're really pulling for them. Yeah, it's, it's nice to watch a reality show where I don't want to kill everybody on it. It's like every single person on there, if you met them in real life, you go, oh, Oh, yeah, they're a nice person. I like them. And some neat art is coming out of it. Now, I wanted to hear your opinion about it as a web cartoonist, what you think of the show. Do you, like, feel inspired? I know that some people are, like, doing the challenges at home that are artists, you know, like, taking them basically up on their challenges and trying to make a cartoon with the words that they use or that sort of thing. Yeah, and I would do that if I had the self-control to turn it off for an hour and cartoon but i don't have any kind of self-control so i didn't <laughs> i really like watching it it's fun when they they do the challenges and and it's fun to watch what other people spit out as art because cartooning really is a pretty solitary hobby and it's like telling jokes into a tape recorder there's no audience feedback that's immediate you don't know it's kind of like podcasting <laughs> so it's been fun to watch i thought there were a couple episodes where it was really bad yeah only because, just from like, there was inter- a whole episode where they played ping pong like what the fuck yeah and that was just edited as a mess and, and you're also there's some growing pains i think as penny arcade and the production crew learn how to do this thing and oh, i yeah, bet you sure. like season two is not going to have some of those pitfalls of like the episodes that were kind of lame but the yeah, good but news overall, is they do a really good job and it's engaging and that they don't make everyone fight each other and look like assholes so it's nice and usually the episodes are like 15 or 20 minutes so they're you're actually a little more concise there isn't all that repeat bullshit like if you watch hell's kitchen before the commercial break this is what happened yeah i know i fucking <laughs> right. saw it, it but i was there yeah, yeah they repeat any hour episode 20 minutes of it is repetition and there's none of that it's kind of cut to the bone so i enjoyed the show and i would definitely recommend it yeah, and uh, after we finish recording, I'll probably watch and pulling for Abby, man. I hope Abby wins. Don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Okay, the other thing I watched, a you know, it's a mockumentary, I guess you could say. Okay. About a port delivery man, a porta potty as we call them in the United States. A honey bucket. A honey bucket is one of the things that they rent out. The name of the movie is Kenny. This is an Australian movie, and unlike Storage 24, they actually do use subtitles in this movie because they guess they figured Americans couldn't understand Australians. So <laughs> that's hilarious right there. It's a fun movie, though. It's, it just follows this, like, the nicest sad sack porta potty delivery man in the world throughout his day and his, his weeks on the job of a porta potty guy. And uh, streaming on Netflix... Once again, I was I was open for more of a freak fest, and it's kind of a sweet movie, but uh, it's it's pretty fun, especially if you don't mind poop jokes. <laughs> nice. 
And that's it. That's all my multimedia that I'm going to triage. Okay, well, uh, as we finish up, I promised last episode that I wanted to do a Grindhouse film roundup, as I had three DVDs that I had picked up around Crypticon that I wanted to review. So, first off, from the previously mentioned director, Dustin Wade Mills, uh, about uh, Easter time, I received Easter Casket. It's going to be a bad hair day. I love the uh, the quotes on the cover of this DVD. Needs more boy ass, the Catholic Church. <laughs> I fucking quit, the Pope. <laughs> Jeez. So this is a film about basically the Easter Bunny has come to Earth because he's pissed off that the church is trying to remove him from the holiday. That they're trying Wait. to focus it back on Jesus. And remove the eggs and the candy and the Easter bunny from the equation. He's pissed Come off. He the, comes the, he, wherever he's from. I don't know, from another dimension. Oh, okay. He's not like outer space thing. No. But he's basically a puppet. In the same style as sort of a puppet monster massacre. But he's horrific looking because he has like real dentures in like a stuffed bunny body. And he's kind of freaking creepy. Anyway, so... Basically, the Easter Bunny goes crazy in a manner very much like killer clowns from outer space. He starts okay. murdering people in Eastery sort of ways. <laughs> and so that's kind of fun. And additionally, there is a ton of gratuitous nudity. Gord, you would love oh, really? this. There is all kinds of boobies. I know you like boobies. I this, do. This is a film you should definitely check out. It's got a great big bombastic ending. And I think Dustin made the whole thing for like three grand. So it really is a feat that he has got a cohesive, funny story with like just a bunch of crazy stuff that you would never see in a big budget film, which is like one of the cool things about these, you know, very low budget independent items is that you just see nutty, nutty stuff. Like in the middle of the movie, it stops for a couple of minutes for a go-go girl to dance naked for a while. <laughs> and then back to the story like a very sensitive uh love scene with two people this battle priest and this student who are making love and then that is cross-cut with the easter bunny boinking a stuffed animal <laughs> oh my so you don't see that every day right not every day no so, you know, it just has its own form, its own format. Uh, I listened to some of the uh, extras, the director's commentary and stuff, and it was really fun. Dustin also did the voice of the Easter Bunny in kind of this Ed Wynn homage, which is pretty cool. So definitely worth checking out, especially at Easter time. And especially if you like stuff that's kind of crazy. It's got some good kills. Not super gory, but more than enough nudity that probably... For those who don't like, you know, stuff that's too risque, I don't know if it's for you, but I enjoyed it. Secondly, from the fine folks at Astron 6, we have the film Manboard. Now, these are the guys who did the Insano movie Father's Day. It was released from Troma. This... I'm still traumatized just from your description. <laughs> right. Now, this film, actually, it's a complete departure. What this is, again, low budget. I think they only had two or $3,000 to do this. Uh, but director Stephen Kostansky, basically, this is a salute to films like RoboCop and The Terminator, 
man, it's about this soldier who gets killed in the first 10 minutes. He and his brother are on the battlefield, and they're trying to save the Earth from the cyborg hordes ruled by a evil leader called Draculon. <laughs> and he gets killed and made into this cybernetic entity, part man, part cyborg, hence Manborg. And... It's got a bunch of crazy, hammy, over-the-top acting uh, from Connor Sweeney, particularly, who does like this Australian Mad Max thing with just a, a horrific accent. It's totally funny. Matthew Kennedy plays Manborg, and Adam Brooks, who is the lead in Father's Day, plays Dr. Scorpio and uh, Draculon, and it's just a blast. It's only about, I don't know, 70 minutes long, and other than a few of the minor swear words... There's some gore, totally fake gore. It's actually, I watched it with my son, and we had a great time with it. It was a lot of fun. Sounds like fun. Totally cheesy. Again, if you need to have a big budget film, this is not for you. But I liked this film a lot. And it does like the preview thing at the start of the film. Stay tuned for more previews of Astron 6 films after the feature. And then they did this trailer for this insane movie called Biocop, which I hope they make. Because it was like, basically, remember that movie from the 70s, The Incredible Melting Man? Yeah. If that guy was in a cop buddy movie, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. He's melting and he's like, kill me. And he's still solving crimes. It's hilarious. Kill me. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> exactly. It's great. So really fun stuff. And, you know, it's available now on DVD. It was filmed a couple of years ago, 2011, but it just hit DVD about a month ago. So really fun stuff. I would say check it out. Right on. Especially, yeah, that, that cheesy sci-fi vibe. I just ate that up. Too cool. Finally, at Crypticon, I was on a panel with a director named T.J. Nordiker, who did a film in 2003 called The Janitor. And basically, this is a low-budget, again, feature about this janitor who gets tired of being kicked around and goes on a killing spree. As janitors are wont to do. Uh, but everybody in the film is a complete idiot, so nobody ever discovers anything that's going on. Finally, he gets tired of his job, and he goes to try to get a new job cleaning a sorority house. <laughs> so there's boobies. Not nearly as much nudity as an Easter casket, but a lot more gore. They had some quality gore. Evidently, when they were making the film, uh, they had kind of put out a call for volunteers. And they ended up with a guy who's, like, done real special effects on Hollywood films. And so there's some great gore in it. There's also some cheesy stuff. And Lloyd Kaufman from Troma also makes an appearance. He has a cameo in it, which is a lot of fun. But the, the interesting thing about it is that Lionel is like a psycho, but you kind of feel for him. He's charming. Like yeah, he's charming in a way. It, it, you know, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was a lot of fun. Got a crazed FBI agent who's going after him. And I have to say, this film was filmed in 2003 and had a severed head blowjob in it at least two years before fucking Aja did it in Hope Tension. So fuck you, Frenchie. Yeah, but that same thing was done in Bloodsucking Freaks 20 years ago. So Was it? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay, that scarred me for life. In fact, Joe Bob reviewed that in his review of that movie. <laughs> he made a point of it. Did he? I'm going to have to go yeah. back and check that. I saw that like so long ago and I was probably drunk. <laughs> That's probably best. Oh, 
Did I say fuck you, Frenchie? I'm sorry. The French are getting hit kind of hard this episode. Yeah, I don't know what you that's know, about. we didn't set out to do, you know, an anti-Francophile thing. We just <laughs> ended up that way. All right, so uh, that's it. All three films are definitely worth your time. If you want the gore, go for The Janitor. If you want the nudity, go for Basket Case. And if you want just a cool sci-fi adventure, Manborg is your film. All right, then. Why don't we get to another tune? Hey, let's. Now, this is my favorite tune from round five. Uh, before we mentioned uh, MC-117, he did this song with Johnny Nero Action Hero. This is called Free Nerd.
Get distressed with the lyric load speed test. Not the vessel with the dribble on the spittle. Middle road warrior, I'm no Johnny on the fiddle. We're the flow, we're for you. I got plenty to belittle. Chill, all we ignore was the soon hits the riddle. BPC, round five, no partner, so I'm leaning on friends. Like DC and Ruthim, Deathstone hit a premature end. I get reassured then by my kindly compatriots. Right, piece of patriot. I'm glad to have that cartoon fur. Further demonstrate my animated far too cursor. Drag talent, turn to serve. Ridiculous berserker. Server of comedic, I'm a slapstick observer. Show concern for the other rappers on here. Don't want to be my team. Limits of plenty of tears. Pleasure to one ear. Stealing from the others like trigger your fears. Pull me one seat, pull me another. The guy with the numbers already stole his hook. Such a noble curse. Got you I'm in the room, took by the speed, took 23. I do believe I can succeed. Race bending and hovercraft, quest for success, what's your job to cover crash, burn takes, match work, make hard turn breaks, just hard, aches hard, far, stay through, cut, retake. Be greater on the level, maybe after this, I should quit and turn to metal. Lyrically disheveled, I won't get the job done. Speech impediments one, probably none.
Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of The Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when we're not making those great movies like Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead, and Terra Firmer, and Tromeo and Juliet, and The Toxic Avenger, the Troma team likes to kick back and listen to The Bone Bat Show because The Bone Bat Show is the best entertainment that I know of. Again, that was Free Nerd. Did you have your lighter out for that one? Still out. That one's for nerds everywhere, man. All right, filthy jokes. Filthy jokes. You know, mine isn't so much a joke as a quip. It's a quip that I heard. I've been trying to figure out a way to work it into polite conversation and uh, not been able to do so. So I'm going to give it to you on the show. Okay. I overheard this and I, I just, uh, oh man. So uh, spinach. Spinach, it's, it's a lot like anal sex. Because if it's forced on you as a kid, you have a hard time enjoying it as an adult. Isn't that freaking awful? Is that horrific? That's terrible. I'm just waiting for the right time to drop that into a conversation somewhere. I'll count myself lucky. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> so this uh, this gentleman's out hunting, and he bags himself a buck. He shoots a deer, and he brings it home, and he cleans it, and he, he prepares it up for dinner. He's going right. to serve up some venison steaks, but he knows that his children, his two young children are kind of sensitive eaters, and they, they know that it is a cute deer. They're not going to want to eat it. They're not going to want any part of it. So he has to be kind of circumspect about the whole thing, and he doesn't really tell them what it is up front. The little boy keeps asking, well, what's for dinner, Dad? You'll see, you'll see. And then they start eating, and the daughter keeps asking him again, what is this? It's good, but what is it? Dad says, okay, here's a hint. It's what your mother calls me sometimes. Oh, my God, says the daughter. We're eating, asshole. Ah, <laughs> uh, you. All right, why don't we go for a penultimate tune? It that is second to last. I know. This is uh, MC3PO and our friend Klopp and Pop with their tune from the vocalist producer challenge, Till Death, featuring all of Death Star, actually. You also hear a little Bill Beats, a little cosplay. Let's do this. Commitments got hip shit to invent. My interests are broad, but I've got these adjustments. Enlistment to contest must be a benignant. Existence is constant of false for fledged figments. I'm distant and I'd like to return, but offense to the flounders is a foremost concern. Distracted by dealers of boomers and shakers. Reacted like Amish, mistaken for Quakers. Bakers of beats versus microwave makers. Instructions complete, open for all the takers. Maybe later, I'd rather be dreaming of lyric duality, of drums dank and screaming. The looping of fruits can combine with my creaming. A mixing of nuts, but wrong sort of a beaming. Leaning into my tilt, my stilt, and my fracture. Didn't mind getting stoned, but it's Death Star. I'm out. Several dozen collabs, beats from various 
various labs I rattle them loose, second verse up for grabs Can't manage to budget, more time for them, fuck it I'm in it, six minutes, more bars in the bucket Bill B settle down, with this workload I'll drown Without you seeking lyrics tinged with my renown And I'm sorry, Clop, really, I'm just overbooked, feel me? For those edits, you'll get it with my time given freely But I don't have spare hours and I'm running low power Cause I'm ghostwriting songs 117 will devour Someone's always got tracks they need me to attack And although I try hard for folks to fire back I'm repeating myself and my style's gone to hell Get shit done for real, I don't care what you smell Gotta get back to mom, polish up this droid shine Working on Death Star cause I've got some ears to malign I'm a I'll just stop you right there for a moment I'll ask your atonement But you lack the components To hone this mad muppet into a full showman My stalling for months should be a bad omen Then pajama, I plan to hand you that verse quick Delaying on beefy, it's making me sick And I'm sorry, misfit, I'm postponing our hit But I'm the patch in a Death Star, if only the tip Spec script is written for Batman I'm smitten with capes and crusaders And cat-burgling kittens and other core concepts Hopefully not rejects the tales where I dabble for promising projects And speaking of books, I take second looks At the novels I've backburnered on the slow cook I'm the rook that rhymes, but who's got fucking time? Back to Death Star to write rhyme and Instead of sublime. Once again, Death Star with Cloth and Pop on Till Death from Nerdcore Now. Go to Nerdcore Now's website and listen to all these great tunes and keep an eye peeled for the compilation, which is forthcoming. I think that's about it. Thank yous. Uh, this week, of course, we'd like to thank Cloth and Pop for uh, spending a few minutes with us and all of the amazing artists that shared their music this episode. Also, thank you to Nerdcore Now for hosting the whole shindig. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got heavy half hour on non-bone bat weeks. And you can find my cartoon at mightywombat.com every week, except for the week that I don't do it. And I am occasionally on the old Twitter thing at mighty underscore wombat. And you can find the bone bat facebook page on facebook remarkably enough <laughs> that's right you can also follow me on twitter i'm bonehand over there as well and we do have a bone bat twitter feed for all of your bone bat-esque news thank you of course for listening and if you like what we do please tell a friend in- tell that friend tell that friend to listen in closing this week i'd like to present a tune from our good friend beefy and his cohort on the beats beaker from Vocalist Producer Challenge number two once again. 
This tune, a little departure for Beefy as he rocks out a little ska. This is You Can Have It. I hope you like it. And until next time, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Just a joke. Oh, one note hoax, but most of the folks were half you folks. Plus a little track for a little feedback, and it only gets black. Cause you know how you act in a lesbian show with a lesbian show. And the start gets more, and the heat's so gross. And a couple compilations for this form, it really has to show. Everybody's kid is thinking, only if you will gain admittance. You can't keep the golden ticket without the high price permittance. On their keyboards, always shitting. Every single one's a critic. Might be done with most y'all bitches. Yeah, that's right, I think I'm quitting. Because every time I try to post a new And they reminded me that I was nothing All that special rapping skills like lower and middle So if I like minded cohorts Glad over haters like the words of snowboards Feel like confidence a full force Turn around and I fucking pull the ripcord I find myself talking shit Then I realize you turned me into you Reasons but you know you couldn't Post that you normally wouldn't Spreading lies you know you shouldn't Reason be so convoluted Opinions they deeply rooted Mine has clearly been polluted But my place is undisputed Say it's not it's goddamn stupid Because every time I try to post a new They're trying to make an upgrade Opportunity for a game we all play And though that battle's uphill We gonna elevate out of sheer will Straight up mob in this game of kill Bill Strong conversation that we fight to stand still When will we realize that everybody wants the same damn thing? All of us are hip-hop hopeful Shaking up their tough guys snow globe Doing shows and going mobile Haters eating dicks by the boatloads I just say we took a global Aussie 2 in Chicago Smokey till we fry that glottal Let you stay your hobby model I can talk, see what happens when I try to participate.